0: I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and we'll see you next week. We're Wednesday fans. It can always get worse. Here on the Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and performances have not improved. Therefore, my cocktail game must improve if I'm to continue to talk about this team, So quite literally, I have made an improved whiskey cocktail. And as I've been running through sort of the history of American cocktail culture on some recent episodes, the improved whiskey cocktail is a riff on the old fashioned cocktail. So of course the old fashioned cocktail being spirit, bitter and sugar, or the cocktail, the old fashioned way. Uh, Jerry Thomas, the father of modern American mixology invented the improved whiskey cocktail which is essentially just an old-fashioned with absinthe and maraschino liqueur, because those two things make everything better. Hopefully it will improve the podcast. It has not improved my outlook on Wednesday's season. But joining me this week once again to talk about the goings-on at S six in New England, sorry, New England now, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking?
1: So uh, it's uh, been a tough week for football, so I... I uh, had a dirty martini, and then I uh, bought some new uh, tequila, uh, Prospero, uh, and Yeho, as always for me. It's always I I that cow one. I've never heard of it. It, mm. was, it looked highly rated, and uh, I had some of that, and it's good, and I have since... Moved on to typically drinking some New England beer. I've gone with a absolute old classic, uh, Long Trail Brewing Company, one of Vermont's finest. Um, there, hit the trail, brown ale.
0: Oh, that's very good. Uh,
1: I believe, yeah, it's quite good. Um, I believe we discussed last week my search for brown ale. Well, I decided <laughs> it should continue, so uh, I've got that. I'm uh, nursing that, and I'm uh, ready to be miserable with, uh, well, more than just you, Jeff.
0: Yeah. We've done over 100 episodes of this show at this point, and long-time listeners might remember, many, many years ago, there was a, uh, a Sheffield Wednesday podcaster from Ohio. His grandmother loved owls, and thus, he became a Sheffield Wednesday fan. He's, it's been a while, but we do, in his basement in Bluffton, Ohio, have Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking?
2: Oh, man. So good to be back. Uh, you mentioned my grandmother. Uh, she actually passed uh, about a month or two ago. So um, rest her soul. You know, she's the reason that I am where I am today uh, at this very moment. In, in your basement podcast. podcasting about this terrible Sheffield, team. Sheffield <laughs> Celebrating a shitty Sheffield Wednesday season. So, uh, but no, uh, So, So I'm drinking, first of all, I've had three of the old fashioned, old fashioned. Yes. Right?
0: Like, There's nothing wrong with an old fashioned. The original, God knows. The original
2: style. Um, in fact, I finished, I'm going to say this, I finished two bottles of bourbon. I didn't drink them all today, but <laughs> I finished the, <laughs> the last end bit of the, of the, bomb, the yeah. The sometimes you got
0: to clear out the stock.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, um, had an old fashioned with Weller Antique.
0: Oh, always a good choice.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then, um, An old fashioned with the new riff, bottled and bond Mm. uh, bourbon selection. So, uh, finished that, those two. And now I'm just, I've moved on to just uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, It's a Maker's Mark private selection, unique to Ohio. It's a uh, honeysuckle. It is a year old, came out last year. Obviously, aged longer than that. Uh, But it's got a a unique stave profile. So, it's got four baked American pure staves, one seared French cuvette stave. Uh, makers mark 46 stave and four toasted french spice staves um, that it was uh that it was aged with so uh, it's very good i've got another uh, a, a new one for this year on deck uh, just came out just got it uh, about a week ago uh, so i'm trying to finish this one up before i crack into that
0: the, the joys of being just over the border
2: from kentucky <laughs> yeah yeah well selection a little bit better Yeah. So Ohio liquor distribution is kind of strange. So Ohio actually gets um, like the state of Ohio has a a liquor agency and we get a certain allotment of bourbons and and liquor in general. And the, the state actually gets to distribute it to different licensed uh, liquor stores. So
0: So is that that like state run like in New Hampshire or is it still like a state run? Okay.
2: Yeah, it's state run. So, um, you know, if, if, a certain distillery will say Buffalo trace if they're going to release some, um, you know, Weller 12
0: yeah, the antique collection or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's really hard to get. It's really hard to get. Um, and in fact, a lot of times there's lottery systems and stuff like that. So w- when stuff like this comes out, you, you try your best to get it. And when you get it, you savor it.
0: Yeah. I had a conversation um, certainly with, certainly a, it with another Sheffield Wednesday podcaster this week. Cause he was looking for Christmas, uh, related bourbon gifts. And he's, over in merry old England. And I said, Well, you might have a b- better luck at getting some of the Buffalo Trace antique stuff over there than we do, God knows.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's I, I know I Patty's have, uh... Patty
0: is on his hundred pound like bimble or whatever London whiskey, so good luck with that, Patty. <laughs> That's
2: great. That's great.
0: Uh anything to not talk about this team. We will talk about this team. We will not talk about the Barnsley or Forest games, at least not particularly directly. Since Evan has been indisposed for most of the season we're, uh, we're letting Evan Get caught up So the first segment of the show will be Evan Catching up on the 2020-2021 Wednesday season By asking Justin and myself A bunch of questions about The squad, the team, the performance whatever, whatever, Whatever's on his mind And we'll answer them to the best of our ability We will cover the Wednesday news of the week And preview the upcoming Fixtures at Wells So Evan, what's your first question?
2: So I'll preface all this with with saying this. I have not watched much of Sheffield Wednesday this season. I mean, you you made Um, the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I've been super busy. Uh, Not going to get real into it because it doesn't really matter. But, uh, um, well, some of it matters. I I guess my my wife is pregnant. Just found out uh, yesterday that we're having a girl in April, which we're super excited about. But a lot of stuff going on. So just uh, I haven't really dived into Wednesday yet.
0: Right, you can um, get her get her jazzed up for League One football.
2: Yeah, she can't wait. Neither can my daughter. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really cool. Um, I thought about naming my daughter Liam after Liam Palmer, <laughs> but my wife said no. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I I'm glad to be back on the podcast. I do have a bunch of questions mm-hmm. based on this team because this team seems completely different than uh, than what I'm used to. And what i remember i mean a lot of
0: it's the same but okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) you say that but Mm. look at it from an outsider's perspective a lot of it's different too um so the first question did gary monk get COVID? i haven't heard from him in a while
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i don't know if you know this evan the current sheffield wednesday manager is tony pulis who you may be vaguely familiar with if you watched Stoke City in the early to mid-2000s. And he has a very specific way of playing. And Justin and I, on one of our solo shows in recent weeks, I feel like we thought it could still work in the championship. But I think what we're discovering is that it can't still work in the championship anymore and we've caught we've caught the tail end of it uh maybe burrow got a little of it as well but when barnsley is playing like a fancy continental style and picking you apart it does it's, it's not that they can't score playing route one football because they have been able to do that if the whatever the four goals they have from open play under <laughs> tony pulis or whatever it is have all kind of their from Design set pieces or balls over the top, so you can still beat a modern, whatever three-five-two, three-four-three, four-three-three four, three, three setup that way. If you execute well, you know it's there. Been some very nice Adam reach crosses, some nice Barry band and balls over the top things you might be familiar with, Evan. But it's very difficult to score two goals in a game doing that against modern setups. And I think that's sort of what has been found out here.
2: Well, in fact, our average, first of all, Justin, just one second. Our (laughs) average goals per game is far less than two goals, by the way. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Justin, please.
1: So uh, I was actually just going to bring it back because you asked about Gary Monk Hmm. and and I'm sure that some of your further questions will get into Tony Pulis. So, Gary monk started the season off playing pretty well. Um, we, we were appearing in spurts. There was a good half here and a good half there. And sometimes that good half was turned into three points like against Cardiff. And sometimes that good half was turned into one point, like say Swansea. And sometimes that good half was turned into no points, say Bristol city. Um, and Monk actually showed some for him, uh, seemingly progressive football. They were, with Izzy Brown, were moving the ball around fairly well. Uh, the back line looked decent. And uh, as we are all familiar with over the last four to five years, so this will not be a surprise to you, Evan, uh, the injury bug uh, crippled us and all of our players got hurt. And uh, once that happened, things really fell apart. And we hit a stretch where, We were playing okay football, not good, not bad, okay football. And we had a three game stretch against, uh, Jeff, help me out here. We played
0: Rotherham, Luton, uh, Luton, Rotherham,
1: Wickham, who are three teams that Wickham at the time we thought could have been the worst. Team to ever be in the championship. Rotherham is the epitome of a yo-yo club and destined to go back down. And well, I've been fairly high on uh, Luton because I like Nathan Jones and I think they recruit well. Uh, they are not a very good team. And out of those three games, you took zero points. Um, it's and like that the old... seemed to be what put it. Well, that seemed to be what put it over the edge. We we actually followed that sequence. They beat up Burnmouth, by yeah, beating Barnmouth deservedly. Yes, actually, if you look at the XG directly the after
0: Siri publicly, like Evan, you're a, you're an American football fan, NCAA football fan. You're familiar with the, uh, uh the very famous, <laughs> the dreaded uh, vote, of the vote of confidence from the owner <laughs> about the coach right before uh, the coach gets fired. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We beat Bournemouth, tied Millwall and, uh, everybody thought, well, uh, gee, if he's not going to fire Monk now, and the very next day he fired Gary Monk. This is also right after so, they got the
0: points deduction uh, reduced from 12 to 6, and suddenly they were only two points off safety.
1: They're not two so points Evan, off Evan safety to answer To answer your original question, uh, Gary Monk very well may have gotten COVID. We don't know, because he hasn't said a goddamn thing since he left our club.
2: Yeah. Um, joking aside... I guess one of the big things that's kept me, I shouldn't say kept me away from the club, um, that's kept me frustrated with the club, which is easy. You can easily find ways to keep stay frustrated with the club. Um, one of the biggest things is, is not necessarily the club itself, but the fan base. And we, we talk about this every year, uh, which is unfortunate. But it always comes back to the manager. If things aren't working out, it's always, hey, Monk out. Hey, you know, it's, uh, I don't even remember who all the managers are at this point. <laughs> like c- Carvajal out, like all, all these guys, get, get them out, get them out. We need someone new. We need someone new. I mean, i it's going to bring me to my next question actually. I've uh, got to be careful here, but anyway, I'm sick and tired of, Hey, we got to switch the manager that that'll help everything. That'll solve all our problems. Uh, it won't. And uh, it's got to be a full restructure of the club. Um, we've talked plenty of nothing to go into it more um it, it's just it's incredibly frustrating that the cycle is is a cycle of managers rather than a cycle of players uh i don't want to say ownership but maybe a cycle of the uh, in terms of front office right uh just we we need a full restructure and and that's that's the bottom line I don't know if any of you have anything to add to that, but that I have wasn't a question, Evan. <laughs> no, have a that question? was not a question. That was so, my that was my thought.
0: So the just jumping off from your last actual question, and this is very much Gary Monk's team still, and we can argue whether Monk would have kept them up or not. I I, I think he probably would have, but it it's not a team that fits the way tony pulis wants to play and he said as much in the post-game presser after the forest game where he basically said they work hard but they're not good enough in in so many words and
2: But well, let's go back to the manager cycle thing like right it's no it's never so that's gonna be but it's it never gonna be the manager's team
0: if but it is. we just but give like them Monk,
2: one I, transfer window, one right. month to make moves, one summer to make moves, it's, okay, you're going to call this Monk's team? He had one transfer window. He had one budget, sure. one year and worth Pulas of budget. And is going to make he,
0: moves in January, and it will work or it won't work. And but it's going
2: to go back, and and it's going to be, he might get three players that he wants, right? And he still has to work with the rest of these. And the next summer, because his new three players didn't work, we're going to get rid of them. We're going to get in a new manager, We're going to hire or sign three more new players that are not going to work for the new manager because he only has three players. I mean, it's a cycle that's never going to work if we just continue in this cycle. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, (laughs) Evan. I thought you hadn't been watching. How do you know so well what is happening? Because you have just very eloquently summed up what the fucking problem is around here. This is why it's killing me right now. And I hear you ask it's this question. It's killing you because you have to agree James, with James
0: Allen. Yeah. <laughs> James
1: isn't on this. No, I agree with James on a lot. And I agree with James on a lot and it's killing me because this is it, Evan, despite the fact that you have had a lot of things that are more important than Sheffield Wednesday football and a lot on, of bourbon and a lot of bourbon. You are nailing it on the head. These are the questions that need to be asked, right? Because that's I had a discussion today on Twitter with somebody, which the idea was, hey, I still feel like things are going well. You know, we'll, we'll we'll hit we'll hit our we'll hit our stride, right? Well, I don't know about you guys. We're Americans. We don't understand the nuances of football, but uh, I've never known the January transfer window to be the time <laughs> that you restructure your team and set things up for the rest of the year. That's Fair, the time great point. You, you pit and and you. Fill some holes, not Tony Pulis, I'm gonna put my fucking stamp on this team. And they fuck it, out I of it. I mean
0: here. the ultimate question is how much money is there to do that when they can't even pay the players. <laughs> That's the
1: another fight. question, Jeff. Yeah. But you know what? Even if we if we had ten million pounds or euros, whatever those whatever our, our friends in the UK are gonna be using shortly, uh, what what is that gonna do? What would Alexander Mitrovic do with this team? I guess he would probably score a few, but we can't afford him.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's been tough, Um, tough to watch. Almost from a, we'll call it an outsider's perspective at this point. You know, I, I certainly love the club, still have the passion for the club. Just haven't had, haven't had the time and, um, I st- obviously keep up. I I see every result every mm. Saturday or Tuesday or whatever day it is. Uh, I I look at the the who scored box score, if you will. Um, Good but, resource. Yeah. Yeah. Who Who scored is perfect. It always has been. But uh, you, you're
1: like you're like Jeff and I in the late 90s, uh, <laughs> looking through the back pages and, and looking at uh, the results on the yeah you
0: know, under the Netscape bayonets. Navigator you website do. of Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. So I got another question then. Um, so I think I dreamt this, but I'm going to make you guys. I'm going to make you guys confirm.
1: Wow.
2: All right. Did Chan Siri say that we had a multi-million dollar sponsor that backed out because of negativity online, and uh, then yes. turn around mm. and partnered just uh, like your your favorite people with the Wednesday Sing, one of the most toxic. Wednesday, quote unquote, fan pages on Facebook. Did that actually happen, or was I dreaming?
0: Uh, Evan, 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 I can, I can, I can dispatch with that quickly, and we can move on okay. to your next question. The answer
2: is yes.
1: Okay. No comment. No comment. Move on. Okay.
2: Just making sure. Just making sure. I was awake for that. Um. All right. Dude, is woke. Next question. Um, do we have a go-to formation? or is it just the under eights philosophy of let's send 10 players out there and go have fun?
1: So Tony, Tony wants a variation of four, five, one or five, four, one, which becomes a, uh, what? Four, three, three in attack theoretically with reach and, uh, right. Thank you, Jeff, for your air quotes, uh, it becomes a four-three-three three in attack with Reach and uh, Harris typically being the guys that get up the pitch. Uh, so the interesting thing, would... if I can
0: just interrupt uh, you for a moment, is especially I think it was true in the Barnsley game, but especially in the Forest game, which somehow I watched yes. way more of than I should have. Harris was like cutting inside as a number ten in a lot of cases, which was really weird because I think. I think in his heart of hearts, Tony Pulis really wants to play 4-4-2 with the big guy, little guy, but he doesn't have the little guy. So he's like deputized. trying out He's deputized Kadeem Harris as like the little guy, the the fast little striker.
1: Well, well, Harris has has been his guy when when he wants to switch to the uh, extremely low block. Yeah. One man up top, protect a lead, or against Stoke, protect a uh, fucking tie in yeah. the worst game I've ever seen. Harris, he moves Harris up as the lone guy because of his speed right. and doing that. Um, and, you know, frankly, uh, Evan, did, that raises a good point, and, and Jeff follows up with it. Uh, I don't give a fuck who's on the roster. We should be playing a four-four-two because what we saw in the Forest game and we saw for a lot of the Barnsley game and we've seen for much of Tony Pulis's reign, we have an isolated striker up top who has absolutely no support. And when I hear Tony Pulis come out after the game and say things like, we're not moving upfield quick enough. We're not reacting quick enough. We're not getting the ball and counterattacking quick enough. Bullshit, we are. The problem is, there's only one fucking guy upfield because of how Tony Pulis sets up his team. So... You know, the the fact is we are doing Tony Peele's football, nine men behind the ball in, you know, some formation. And sometimes it's been quite effective. Stoke is a very impressive offensive team. We turned them into nothing. Um, We played Redding. We were down a man. We took a bit of a beating, but we held strong and played tough. We held Norwich, who I still think is runaway one of the uh, contenders for automatic promotion we held them to virtually nothing for most of the game until we sat too far back Um, so so we are capable of slowing people down with this pewless everybody behind the ball but the problem is you can't as jeff really pointed out it's exhausting you can't do it for 90 minutes and there's no way to get offense out of it I, I will mention one quick stat, which isn't totally fair to Tony Pulis because he's only had uh, seven – he's had eight games in charge, um, whereas Gary Monk has had 10 whole games oh, – I'm sorry, 11 I mean, again, games. It's, it's so I again, it's the worst to them.
0: manager, whatever the opposite oh, of a bounce is, oh, in Sheffield Wednesday history. And this is a team that a, voluntarily employed Alan Irvine, so <laughs> and when you're doing worse than that, I
1: don't uh, know what to tell you. We are averaging, and expected goals is not uh, the sure. end all, be all. It's sure. not. It's really not. I'm not a fan. I'm going to suggest, based stats. on your
0: introduction, is probably accurate here.
1: Uh, so under Gary Monk, our expected goals this season was one. It was actually one point zero zero two seven two seven two seven. We don't need to go to that many
0: minutes. significant digits.
1: Very good. Under Tony Pulis, 0. .42. So, well less than half of the expected goals that we had under Gary Monk. Um, Well, you say, uh, at least we've shored up the defense, because under Gary Monk, our uh, expected goals against was uh, 1.19272727, coincidentally. So, let's say 1.2. Well, under Tony Pulis, it's 1.34.
0: So, I mean, the thing thing is, when you're inviting a lot of very good teams in to kick the ball around in your— final third they occasionally end up in good shooting positions or if you just like Strange kick shot. them in the shin repeatedly just outside of the area which is the thing they're very <laughs> fond of
1: doing oh, we're as well. so good at it <laughs> we're so good at it evan
2: now we got a new stat man mm. i love those stats man i love hearing that uh it's good stuff by the way justin uh incidentally you've done a fantastic job uh it was, you've been a great addition to the podcast uh i hate to say this in the middle of the show i should have said it at the beginning or at the end but uh it's been a pleasure <laughs> listening to you each week and um yeah you, you've been a great addition if if we're already at the, 25 minutes show.
0: on what's technically the Barnsley and forest game so ask your next question <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right uh, but i do mean that i do mean that justin all right it's so uh, hovel,
0: yeah <laughs> also i need to refill my drink so
2: all right, all right. We'll get through this real quick. I've got—I technically have three more questions. Some might have a short answer, though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next question: Be honest. Would we have more fans without COVID, or would attendance be about the same without restrictions? <laughs> so, we don't I have the
0: cardboard so, cutouts anymore, so.
2: I am so, so happy. It's
0: probably for the best. Yeah. We
1: don't. Yeah. Oh my god! Because Evan, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you know, sort of touching on the fan base and that. Like, it—it it makes my heart hurt. The way that we are split and divided and upset and and just not it's not we're all Wednesday, aren't we at this point? And it hasn't been for a little while. And it's really just sad. And, and for fuck's sake, if we were in that ground, like if we were at home, if, if that was oh Jesus, what would we have drawn at this point? Eighteen thousand people in Hillsborough against Barnsley. Oh my Christ! At halftime, that uh, that would have it would have been awful. So,
0: the, like the thing of this is, and I've discussed this with people talking about sort of baseball for twenty twenty one as well, is that there's going to come a time, maybe before the end of the football season, maybe not. I don't, I don't know how it's going to get rolled out in England, but there's a decent chance they're going to be able to get fans in the stands before uh before the end of the year and i don't like they're gonna get more than that just because people are gonna want to go to the football because they've always gone to the football and they can finally there's gonna be that moment where it's just like you can exhale and like i'm gonna do this too like the first time i feel like i can safely go to a mets game i'm gonna fucking go to a mets game
2: I've got. I have. I have tickets to a Cavs game next Wednesday. Yeah, can you?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think there's like this idea that like if I can do this safely, I'm going to do it. I think there will be that, but then you're going to actually have to fucking go and watch Wednesday play, and by like the the half hour mark, it's just going to be like, oh, well, this was a waste of my Saturday afternoon. Maybe by the four minute mark, Jeff. (laughs) And it's uh, like, uh, so James actually made this point in our WhatsApp group today. It's like. How many people are actually going to come back for this now?
1: Uh, there's some angry people, man. I mean, fuck. I I don't know. Uh, Evan, it's a great question. It made me really sad. Do you have another <laughs> question?
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a it's a fair question. I think too. I mean, obviously yeah. it's it's an exaggeration. There'll be people at matches as soon as as soon as people can go to the matches, and I, th- I think. Um, I, I'm inspired by a lot of Wednesday fans and, and a lot of a lot of the supporters and how they uh, they stick with the club no matter what. Um, it, it's just, I mean,
0: ultimately, it's
2: tough. It's tough right now. It's not like it's we haven't
0: been support. in League One before.
2: Correct. You're you're absolutely correct, but the circumstances are just terrible. I mean, we've got. Oh man, I don't want to get too negative here, but. <laughs> We've got our, what, fifth manager in three years, something along those lines. We've got, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, we've got somehow some of the most horrible players that have been on our team in the last five years are, are in the starting lineup right now. Um,
0: somehow we end off. up with the only, like, the worst possible, like, continental European manager of the, like, right. Barnsley ended up Just better off than, like, Joshua Yeah.
2: The most boring pick we could have had it's just it's it's it this club is in a disappointing spot right now and there have been some low points in the time that i've supported and i'm i'm sure time that you both have supported and and even the oldest supporter has supported but we are in such a low spot we could we we may as well be out of the football league i don't know if we could be lower than we are right now the, uh, the
1: the two the two four letter words that keep coming up, and it's been probably about probably about ten days that I just you know last four games or so that I just keep the
0: two four, up words, up, two four letter words Ryan Low two four
1: letter words <laughs> nope nope I that still makes me mad yeah because uh, you and I knew better than don't than worry they'll get
0: him in League One uh, next year
1: I would take that and maybe that's a talking point for another one but no grim and dire. Those are the two words over and over again. I'm like, this shit is grim. This shit is dire. This team is grim. This team is dire. Just. Je- oh, Evan, mm. it's not good, bud. It's bad. Anything, anything bad. else you want mm. to ask? Catch us up?
2: Yeah, so so I've got two more questions. I'm going to read the first one and I'll let you answer, and then I'm going to ask the last one. Yeah. Uh, the, so, so one of these is, have we really only scored ten goals in league play? That can't be right, can it?
0: <laughs> uh, I have typed we, that out. We, uh, has it been ten?
2: Yeah, okay, So, so it's good okay. to hear. That's surprising. Maybe it is nine. And I, I, I will saw say 10 because that and i
0: four on the show. Cup match. Uh, Barry Bannon has been very clinical on the penalties that he has taken this year.
1: <laughs> Two of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're <laughs> nice. both very good. good job, well, three. How's I think he league? had one How's against
0: uh, in the shootout against whoever in the league cup, right?
2: Yeah, I don't How's know. his yeah. Ha- how's how is his hair doing lately? So it's, it's I tough.
0: I I made this it's point in the WhatsApp you group today.
2: My Tony's caps
0: is that uh someone pointed out that Braga is scoring like almost two point two goals per game this year, which is like a club record. So I pointed who should,
1: out who is Braga's
0: manager. Oh, so it's Carlos Carvalho who uh, <sighs> is playing better football and has gotten better hair plugs than our team. So. <laughs>
1: Men, Fletch got the better of those hair plug deals too. Carvajal's.
0: I mean, it's like, it's very, it's very full. So I will say,
1: a, we, go, go ahead. ahead. no it's so cool. I was just gonna say we ha- we have ten ten goals this year, five of them from open play, uh, and our goal against Barnsley. And I know we said we weren't gonna talk about it, but our our goal against Barnsley to me typified uh, our ability to have open goals. So. Bannon uh, yeah. bombed a. Actually, this is like Truman what like root one. Ru-
0: it was always oh, it, it was it was weighted it was well enough that the keeper ball. the keeper yeah. had to make a decision.
2: What the no
1: no 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 no. Manuel Neuer heads, heads that. And he made the wrong decision. Yeah, Manuel Neuer heads made that, a but yes, horrendous decision came out, flapped like, his arms at the ball. And windass so, tapped it around him and scored. Windass that is capable. Is like, our only ability yeah, to score. This and
0: windass year. is actually very capable of forcing the keeper into a bad decision in that situation.
1: Wouldn't I like Josh get it. Windass. Yeah,
0: I think he's actually like for the way that they want to play right now. I think Josh Windass playing off the last shoulder of the defender, his ability to knock down the ball over the top is
2: useful. So my uh, my best friend. Uh, and the one I talk about football the most with, soccer the most with is uh, his name's Daniel, and he is actually a, a really big Rangers fan, mm-hmm. uh, as in Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. And it's a really tough year to be a Wednesday fan when when Glasgow Rangers are on top of the SPL by like maybe double digit points. They're about to beat Celtic in the SPL for the first time. But anyway, he's a huge Josh Windass fan their, because uh, Josh Josh came early. from Rangers. Mm-hmm. They did. They did. So, anyway, that's just a side note. Um, I I was glad to get Josh Windesk because I knew a lot of good things uh, about his time at Rangers. And um, Dean, obviously, was was a big big name. So, that's cool. Uh, Let's see. I said one more question, right? Mm. Do it. All right. All right. So, last question. What do you think it's going to be like playing against Crew Alexandria, Plymouth Argyle, and Fleetwood Town and other so, cities smaller than Yonkers, look, New York, and Grand Rapids, Michigan next season.
0: I'm very excited, and I'm gonna cut you off here, Justin. Like I am Please. just very excited to have our good friend, James Allen, on the podcast talking about all those wonderful small League One England cities.
2: That is such a good point. Yeah. Like we get a whole new list of like, cities look, for James a, to break down thing. for us.
0: They probably can't be worse than this next year. But the podcast content, just on that alone, will be better.
1: So I think James and I should do a... Uh, I will research and give my American online research opinion, mm-hmm. and James will give the I'm an Englishman, I understand opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll work. Let, let me just say this, and, and I think that we will... Uh, touch upon this maybe over the holidays or at the next international break or whenever we all truly give up on the season. But
0: I mean, based on the first 34 minutes of this podcast, I think we've pretty well and good given up on the season.
1: I am almost at the point where I
2: think we may be better off.
0: Yeah. Evan, you have bonus question.
2: Yep. Last question. Mm. Uh, how many Sheffield Wednesday podcasts are we up to now?
0: Oh God, I don't even know. God bless you if you're starting it. Like, I got talked into this uh, after like four hours of drinking at a NME concert in the East Village by Patty, and I'm still here. And Patty's fucked off to England. So.
1: Yeah. By the way, uh, Patty and James, and yeah, Paul, Paul, you're in on this. Patty, uh, bring me back some of guys. that shitty
0: London whiskey you paid a
2: hundred pounds for.
1: Fuck. Fuck you guys for leaving us to talk about this shit.
2: Right. I've got a, a quick shout out <clears throat> to, and you guys are going to hate me for doing yeah. this. Quick shout out to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast, <laughs> a weekly podcast devoted to SWFC with James and Aaron. Join us as they chat about the results, preview the upcoming games, and have healthy debates. The perfect time to start a brand new Sheffield Wednesday podcast when all we are doing is dying for more Sheffield Wednesday content. Let's go, boys. Up the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Wednesday Till I Die podcast.
0: we we'll
1: take I a break. I think Jeff was right. We need to all combine into one. Can I, can one I just, can I, can can I just
0: wrap like this segment uh, up, please? <laughs> uh, take a break. I'll get some more whiskey. Uh, and we'll come back with some Wednesday news and some match previews. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. and Boy, we didn't talk in great specifics about the Barnsley or Forrest game, but there was an incident when Forrest scored their second goal. Louis Grabin beating Tom Lees. to a, a lot of things happened, but at the end of all of it, uh, it appeared, if you watched in real time or on replay, that Modus Odebajo high fived Lewis Gravin after scoring this goal. Modus Odebajo, as the zoomers do, and I'm glad we have Evan on the podcast for this, posted a uh, wall of text Instagram post explaining that he was high fiving him like as a lark or as a troll, as one might say. Because he thought the goal was going to be disallowed for the high foot into Lees to win the ball. So I there's a lot to unpack here, Justin. All right, no, Evan. Evan, who said he would raise his hand, he didn't, Evan said he did not have much to talk about in this segment, but would raise his hand when he has something to say, has now raised his hand. So Evan, start the segment. Yeah.
2: How old is Moses Adabajo?
0: He's like your age
2: uh is, how old is he is he 28 almost 29 i think
0: so i think that's about well eight. we'll look so, up. So, so that
2: should be old enough to know hang on you like ha- this
0: is a thing this is a thing that i can search on moses odabajo's wikipedia page which he is, shouldn't even
2: have a wikipedia page
0: long time
2: <laughs> he was quality at brentford uh
0: moses odabajo is 27
2: all seven. right so he's, he's a year and a half younger than yeah. me what as a 27-year-old you should know better, right? So, like you should you should know if you high-five the other team yeah. after they score a goal that you are going to be shit on for weeks and weeks and weeks in a fan base who is watching a team completely struggle and probably get relegated. Mm. That is a terrible move. I don't care why you high-five right. the other player. So, you just don't do it.
0: We've talked about what in recent weeks is quality banter and what isn't quality banter. We have declared that grabbing a man's dick and balls is not quality banter.
1: Might have just been the dick.
0: Yeah, sure. (laughs) Could have just been
2: the balls, to be honest.
1: I saw that grab, Evan. And there were two separate
0: grabs, so he may have gotten the dick and the balls separately.
1: (laughs) Went went back for the balls.
0: And like, we all love a bit of bants. Here's the thing. I don't think Odabajo is lying. I think this is what he actually intended by doing that. I think he was do- doing a thing. I was like, yeah, that's that's not going to stand, buddy. Like, yeah, great. Great. Nice finish. It's not going to stand. And then it did. But that's neither here nor there. They weren't going to score one. Like, they weren't going to equal. You're already down one nil. You're not doing anything going. And, like, Odebajo played pretty well in that game. Like, if I was lining up players I had a problem with in that game, Udobajo would not be at the top of the top of the list. And I think he well, is not
1: because he played well, but <laughs> he
0: like he's a player that I will say, and I'm not a fan of his in the position and situations he's put into, but I think he's gotten an outsized level of shtick from the fans that he does not deserve.
1: Yeah, so I um I mean, I think you guys know that I'm a little bit hockey obsessed and I play uh, a lot of pickup hockey, which is, you know, I suppose what soccer fans refer to like five a side, right? You get a bunch of friends together in the park and you go boot the ball around. And I also play in a uh, surprisingly competitive over 40 league, which... You know, I play with the guys over who forty played.
0: leagues, man. That's fucking brutal.
1: I, I tell you what, though. I tell you what. No, it is. I like I understand. There, yeah.
2: There's no such thing as a non-competitive over forty-year-old league. <laughs> so that's. If a you're still forty-plus
1: years old and deciding to
0: do this, yeah. And
1: you, and you need to keep score, right? Yeah. You've got mental yeah. health issues. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But like I, you know, I played against ex-professional players. I I play with and against ex-college players in this, and you know, there's also a line of recognizing that in the end we're just playing a children's game. So if Moses Zadabaggio has a brief moment of Mm -hmm. hold hold on, If, if he has a brief moment of levity of like, what the fuck do you think here? And has a laugh about it. I personally don't have an issue with it. He's the one competing. He's the one staying in shape. He's the one putting everything into it. And, and my level of sympathy for somebody who sits on their couch and watches I Follow or spends hundreds of dollars and goes to games and witnesses this saying, I'm going to make a decision on what he was thinking at that moment. And I'm going to now shit on him because the team is garbage. I don't think it was a great move. Evan, you you pointed out, it's not a good look. It's a terrible look. But at the same time, a lot of this blowback right now is coming from the fact that we are so shit right now. We are just shit. And we project and want everybody else to be shit. But you know what? Moses Adebayajo, it's not a Wednesday. I, Moses played for Brentford. I look up his CV, played somewhere else. When he leaves us, and he will leave us soon, he'll go play for somebody else. That's his fucking job. I, I, I think it's ridiculous that we expect him to have the same principles of rooting interests that we do. Not one of us listening to this podcast has done as much for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club as Moses Adibazi. So that's
2: the that's but some... he's oh man. That... That's like
0: like it's like it's like yeah like, oh man we'd all if we wore the shirt man. We... But like yeah we're not good enough to wear the shirt is the thing.
2: Nah, but here's the thing mm-hmm. and. and... I could go. I could go on for an hour about this. This this drives me nuts. In, in general, about celebrities and about pro athletes, he he is paid by Sheffield Wednesday because of Sheffield Wednesday supporters. All right, Justin. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm always a, I'm always Fair. a respectful disagreer, but I I disagree with what you say only because he is representing our fan base, and he is getting paid the amount of money he is getting paid because of the contributions of our fan base if it weren't for the fans they wouldn't get paid what they get paid and so you've got to be careful with i hate saying this because i i i have a, a really i really respect professional athletes in their own platform their own you know they can do whatever the heck they want to do they work really hard to be as good as they are to get paid what they do but there's also an element of uh, there's an element of supporters. The, the supporters, this is going to sound weird, the supporter support that helps you get to where you are, helps you get paid what you're getting paid. And so yeah. you've got to respect the supporters at the same time. So you've got to just have that in the back of your mind. How is what I'm doing going to be perceived by the people that are supporting me?
1: Yeah, good
0: point. One thing you say about de Zodabajo is that he's been very, like, open with whether it's on Instagram in this case or with the press and the athletic and other places you know sort of talking about the struggles he's had there to try to establish himself as a as a team player and work his way back into the squad whether it was injuries or falling out of favor with managers and I don't think it's a case where we should let this moment define him
1: because no, but we're gonna- do
0: that we're gonna do that but we've seen it with we've seen it with Eddie <laughs> newhue and we've seen it with kieran westwood who have done similar things at various points but you know you know Eddie Newhue is kind of a, a cult hero and kieran westwood was a player of the year at one point and yes ultimately the performance excuses everything else and odobaggio has not put in the performances where he's even turned himself into sort of like a morgan fox level wednesday
2: no yeah so before we go on to our next point I- i've got to interject and say that uh the second option for our child's name uh, our daughter's name was at at <laughs> um uh, and for some reason my wife just won't go for throat, boys yet. names yeah i our, tried to first so born daughter
0: before we knew i was like trying to sell like kieran as a Boy, the Lee spelling, not the Westwood, although I would have taken either at that point. Um, Roland, are they different? Roland, they are.
2: Which uh, one? It's like, the, is it K-I-E-R-A-N?
0: K-E-I-R understand? is Westwood. K-I-E-R okay. is Kieran Whatever. Lee. K-E-I-R Lee is the porn star.
2: That is not something I'm familiar with. <laughs> uh, Don't I'm search for Kieran Lee
0: at your workplace then, Evan. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: B-a-bay,
0: yeah,
2: B-a-bay,
0: yeah. roland you're going
2: with roland though? i was
0: trying for roland raleigh for uh for a I boy like that. yeah yeah
2: yeah raleigh fingers that's yeah, perfect that's fine. Yeah, it, it, yeah, didn't, yeah. it
0: didn't fly that's fine. okay we're here okay. we are yeah, well. she hasn't started screaming while i've been recording this podcast so i consider it a win we'll move on to the next
1: what manner we of
0: wednesday news uh tony pulis this week in one of his press availabilities, suggests that he wants to extend contracts in the eyes of the January window probably to Barry Bannon Adam Reach and Tom Lees go ahead Justin
1: so in all of my research and previews especially recently uh, one of the amazing things I found about all of the other teams except for Forrest uh, in the in uh, the EFL championship is that they are bringing in young players. I'm just going to keep this really simple. And I think I made it fairly clear how I feel about Tony Pulis and his brand of football. Do not, do not resign 29 and 30 year olds to extended contracts when you don't know the future of the club. Do not fucking do it. Yes, everybody is out of contract at the end of this year, and we need to keep a few people around. Do not make public declarations of which 29-year-olds, 30-year-olds, you are going to resign, especially when they've got holes in their game. Shut the fuck up, Tony. Yeah,
2: man, uh... Overall, I I agree with what you're saying. I do think though that there is some kind of benefit to having veteran leadership in the in the locker room or dressing room. Yes, it's worked as
0: they say fucking great the last five yes, years. <laughs> <I haven't...
1: laughs> well, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, what kind of leadership are those guys producing right now they're producing jack plus shit and this is my issue like it's good that patty's honestly patty's g- here g- to give like me those shit three. on tom i Hayes, but... i will take another year of tom lee's because i think tom lee's with a little bit of the pressure off has actually played really well this year i think i think tom lee's has been a rock for this team uh and you know what i'm biased i like adam reach i i will take another year of adam reach I fucking love Barry Bannon. Hey, Baz, (laughs) goodbye. Good fucking bye. All right? Let's try something a little different because this shit ain't working. I disagree.
2: I disagree again, uh, Justin. Here's why. Um, I I think Adam Reach is is a decent player. Uh, Shows some pace, shows some, some quality on the outside. But Adam Reach hasn't seen as much of the football league as Barry Bannon has. Okay, Tom Lee's, eh, yeah. Okay, he's been okay this year. I can't really speak much to this year, as we've found out throughout this whole podcast. But he's a defender that a, a defender on a team that hasn't defended very well. Okay, I mean, that's that's the bottom line with Tom Lee's. With Barry Bannon, all right. He may not be the player you want him to be anymore. He may not be as effective as you want him to be anymore. But Barry Bannon has seen a lot of this league. He's been with this team through thick and thin. He's been with this team in a promotion championship game. He's been with this team at the very low, which is, well, admittedly right now. Right now. You haven't found right it now. yet, probably. Exactly. But, yeah. He is a guy who has been stable throughout this entire run from, well, since he started. No, okay, not his play per se, well, but he's been with the team and he's been a stable face. Sure. I think he has the leadership qualities to stick around. If we're going to pick one of those three players, Barry Bannon is mine, not necessarily to start every single match, to be the number 10 every single match, but to be a consistent face, a guy that knows how to navigate. The championship, a guy that knows how to navigate the football league and a guy that can stick around for the long term and just create some kind of consistency and some kind. We'll call it in America. We call it the gel, right? He's the gel guy, the guy that keeps everything together. We're not in the locker room. I get it. We don't know the leadership qualities of any of these guys from, I mean. Okay, we get it from sitting at our chair in the United States of America. But we don't know what they're like in the locker rooms. But in my opinion, Barry Bannon is the guy out of those three that we keep around for consistency's sake.
1: Here, here Here's my issue with Baz. And, and, Evan, you raised a great point, and I always bring this up, having been a coach for competitive sports, we, you don't know what's in the locker room. And because we don't know what's in the locker room, it's very difficult for us to make these these assumptions and these uh, statements about it. My biggest problem with Baz is that you, I feel that you need to build your team around Baz in his particular time. And that's not for everybody. And I hear a lot of people say, Oh, he's the best player on the team and Oh, he should be playing at a higher level. And Oh, he's the one guy who knows what's going on. Well, if he's that fucking good, why has he been playing for us for five years? Why has nobody else come in?
0: Uh, So, I mean, the counter argument to that is that Chancery just won't sell at any price for some of these guys because of his loyalty to them. And I'm of two minds with this specifically. Um, Uh, Jeff,
1: are you, real quick, sorry to interrupt, are you making the point about just Baz or all three?
0: I'm in all three because I don't know what our... Ultimately, any decision on selling a player or buying a player in modern football has to be through the lens of what is the FFP situation for the club right now? What money can you get for them? What's their, you know, what's the weight on their contract in terms of the drag on that? Like it's a three-year window. It's maybe not a three-year window because of COVID. They're kind of waiving that for this year. So, I think, as we talked about in the first segment, if Tony Pulis wants to spend money in the window, can he spend money in the window? Sort of willy-nilly? I don't know. Um, I don't think Bannon has been particularly good or bad within the Pulis system. I think there's some advantages. They push him a little bit further forward, but the long and the short of it is there's defensive issues at the back, regardless and I just don't know. And again, this is the James Allen point. And God fucking damn it, do I have to agree with James Allen on this podcast? Is that <laughs> there needs to be someone James that's right. not Tony Pulis right. making this decision?
1: Well, so this is. And, and we opened a whole nother. And Tony Pulis, hang this
0: on. on. This you. Tony ahead, Pulis has already made the decision that Bray Bannon is not a yes. person he wants in his club.
1: That was in a previous situation. I understand I
0: actually, that. I'm just I'll, saying. I'll that
1: take I'll, I'll take his word at value for that. Oh sure. This is one of my biggest issues with the January transfer window, and everybody's fired up. And will Tony will get to. I don't. I don't fucking want Tony Pulis to make the decisions about what players come into this club, because it's a short. But it's always been that.
0: Here's the thing. And
1: it's an outdated.
0: It's always been that, that way. We don't realize the, it. We kind of realize players, it, but it's always been that way. Whether it's. Jerry Monk, or Steve Bruce, or Josh Lukai, or Carlos Carvajal, or the Doyen dude. Those are the people making the decisions.
1: Gee, and Jeff, what's, what's... Yo, Jeff, who's actually making the fucking decisions? Christ, I thought we didn't care, and now I'm all fucking riled up. <laughs> Look,
0: I am not the one that's been drinking dirty martinis since 7 p.m.
1: I only had one. I uh, bullshit, I was at the hockey rink at 7 Go m. ahead, Evan. I didn't by by the way,
2: 30. by the way, thank you for name dropping those other guys: Steve Bruce, Josh yeah. I Newcastle I shipped actually, five
0: against Leeds with uh, Jacob Murphy playing right back today. No, so. nah,
2: you brought it. You brought it all back to me. <laughs> like I'd been so lost yeah. that those were names that I'd forgotten. There's Lee you Bowen like four times
0: in there too, but yeah
2: yeah <laughs> you, you uh you really helped me understand why i spent three months not watching this football. yeah club. can
0: we move on to the f- there's something else i had to do before the match previews was there i covered the bad show i covered the contract shit yeah,
1: that's uh, it
0: I, oh so uh I, dominic iorfa do out for the season like, with an yeah, achilles tear that them. fucking sucks let's move on talk about coventry yes. while i go piss
1: Summed it up. Uh, let me real quick uh, touch over the fact that our friend Shea Dunkley has uh, come in and, and Evan, I, I don't know if you were quite on board for this. We know that Jeff's been making the joke all year and I, I wish I didn't laugh, but I laugh every time I hear him say it. Uh, yeah, we signed a guy with two broken legs
2: uh but <laughs> dude so so to be honest with you justin first of all i've been really into basketball this year if you follow me on twitter well i've got ohio al i've also got evan r skilleter you can follow shameless plug uh i've been really into basketball this year and duncan duncan the name like duncan robinson duncan tim duncan whatever was a name that i was pushing if we were to have a boy and so when i saw this news about shea dunkley I was like, my goodness, like there, we should have had a boy. So I could have just used the name Duncan. Um, Love the name. Don't love the two broken legs.
1: So I tell you what, uh, so Dunkley was maybe like a month ago, it came out that he was playing with the U23s and he was getting a little bit of time and then nothing really came out of that. And then, I mean, really out of nowhere, uh last Saturday uh, before Barnsley, he was in the starting lineup. And, I mean, in my notes for the game, uh, he was playing in the middle, and, you know, I thought him and Van Aiken were having a hard time communicating. Uh, I thought that they, they ended up switching to a back three during that game. The back three was too compact. Um There were there were slight issues with the communication, but overall Dunkley looked good. And then against Forrest, Dunkley also looked good. And that motherfucker is loud. Like he was he was doing what he could to to direct people to to keep things going. Like Dunkley's been a nice addition to this squad. Let me just point out who knows he'll be hurt in two weeks. I'm sure. But
0: (laughs) his positional awareness is exactly what you want to have a championship center back and despite having yes. two broken legs in the last nine months he's still faster <laughs> than your van Aken, so
1: oh man yet another guy who just needs to have a certain job and get it done jeff uh you did not miss the Coventry preview
0: I Hello, mean, I can uh, I can sing we the Co- literally
2: did not even get into Coventry. I can sing the Coventry Carol.
0: That's about all I could do on this show at this point. So
2: please do. So,
1: no. Uh Evan, uh one of the features this year seems to be that I put a whole bunch of research into the upcoming matches, yes. and then I share we're the new the, guys so. to everybody. And then everybody's like, All right, Justin, why don't you talk about what you researched? Uh oh, yes. so Hopefully uh, you guys uh, flip through my notes. Uh, Actually, generally it consists of Jeff flipping through the notes and finding random footballers that I mentioned on there. And he's Mm. like, holy shit, I remember that. Uh, Well, so let let me just start by saying with Coventry – I'm Jeff's holy shit. I I will pull up. Hang
0: on. I will pull up the Coventry roster. I haven't done it yet because I was on a Uh, baseball prospect related call before this.
1: I will start with Coventry's background. Yeah. So Coventry is 18th in the league. They have five Hmm. wins, uh, six draws, seven losses. Coventry is very recently back to the championship. I should have researched how long it's been. It's been a while. Coventry is one of those clubs that I think, uh, Most people in England have a lot of respect for. They're uh, they're a legit club, um, good fan base, uh, great great uniforms, all that good stuff, culture, history, and all this. So Coventry's return to the championship did not start well. Uh, For their first two months of the season, Coventry had two wins, two draws, and seven losses. However, uh, very reassuring to us Wednesday fans, since the 7th of... uh, November, shout out Bobby Ifola, happy birthday. Uh, they're three wins, five draws, and no losses, so undefeated in their last eight. Now, some of that is because they're playing the Williams and the Rotherhams and the Lutons and the soon-to-be-playing-the-Sheffield-Wednesdays, but uh, it seems that they're actually playing some decent football under Mark Robbins. Jeff, have you scoured the roster? Yeah, all, all to these make players comments? that have
0: come in are under the age of 24, so I don't know how you expect me to have a take on their uh, championship performance. There's no like Jeff, Ben Marshall's here, so
1: Jeff, the goddamn take is that every single team we preview has a whole. I'm bunch aware of, of this. They have in a, under I mean, Mark Robbins,
0: Mark Robbins is extremely we not like a continental not. manager, but yeah.
1: We do not. We do not have these players coming in. So we have.
0: I like Liam Shaw. I think he's been good. But yeah, I think Liam
1: Shaw. Treslov Borakov, we're not doing
0: dispatches from Bulgarian soccer. We are not
1: doing dispatches from Bulgarian soccer. He was man of the match Uh, this week
0: for his team's first win. He scored a goal. And uh, he said some things about his exit from Sheffield Wednesday. And look, you want a big target man up front you could do worse than press left is all I'm saying.
1: So back to Coventry. Although Evan, yeah, go let ahead. No, uh, Evan, let me note that, uh, dispatches from Bulgarian soccer has been a depressingly routine thing <laughs> this year. Um, so here's the, here's the thing with Coventry, uh, Coventry, uh, under Mark Robbins is not playing very dissimilarly from what led them to success in league one. They play a 3 4 3 with the forward way up front. They basically put two number 10s in there. And what they like to do is use their two central midfielders, what we would consider holding midfielders, to either. The Joey
0: is of the world.
1: Uh, much more talented than that. Uh, <laughs> much more talented than that. Dynamic players, I'm sure. Uh, it,
2: like Barry Bannon. <laughs>
1: Spread the ball. Uh, no, Barry Bannon would lump it over the top. Uh-huh. Um, unlike uh, us, Coventry has a plan. Their plan is to use their defensive midfielders to either spread the ball wide to their uh, wide midfielders, who kind of act as wingbacks, or move them up front to their number 10s and uh, get it to their... Center forward who can uh, hopefully uh, finish for them uh, from their sake. However, the nice bit of news for us is that uh, given that their entire team seems to revolve around their two holding midfielders, this year their two holding midfielders are Liam Kelly, um, who is uh, their captain, and uh, a, a newbie to the club, a man named Gus or Gustavo Hammer, who a little bit of an interesting background, he's a Brazilian who moved to the Netherlands at a young age, came up in the Feyenoord system, and uh, yeah. was last playing for the reconstituted FC Um, uh, Those were their two defensive midfielders. Uh, well, Mr. Hammer picked up his uh, fifth yellow card of the season and will not be available this weekend. And their captain, uh, Liam Kelly, is... Uh, well, he uh tore his groin and he will be out for uh two to three butts. So uh more or less the heart of their team, the engine of their team will be missing this weekend. With which uh I suggest they will score four goals.
0: Only four. I mean you, you uh, don't need four. Well given, given two those, is five. Given
1: those players are out. Yeah, so. but, you
0: know, it's fine, it's have, fine. Given, it's okay. no. Again. they
1: have a center forward Matt good Matt Godden who is uh you know poaching uh um, poaching either of those crosses from uh, wide uh, they tend to use a back three which to be honest uh having our delightful four five one or five four one having a single player up front against a back three will cause them mismatches so yeah. um I fully expect a uh, dreadful nil- nil draw
0: Dustin, you've done a wonderful job with your Thank preview you. for the Calventure match. Wonderful. <laughs> you've been listening to episode 118 of the Owls Americast. Still looking for season sponsors for the wonderful content you've just heard.
1: And a waffle yeah.
0: If you have a waffle company, get in contact with Patty specifically to talk about waffle related sponsorships for the Owls Americast. <laughs> But generally, you get contact with the show with, at OwlsAmericas.com or OwlsAmericas at gmail.com. And you can find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OwlsAmericas. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more to find our ramplings. Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, what is your great white whale in terms of whiskey slash bourbon?
2: Four Roses, um, yellow label. What is it? So, shoot, I should have been more prepared for this question. <laughs> There's a Four Roses, a Four Roses like special barrel. Or, yeah, yeah. Or so the it's, it's the,
0: what you're looking for is the. Uh, I think it's a small batch, like, special. Small select. Batch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, one. the, the annual the one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, so, really, I got so one bottle of that fairly, once, and it was
2: great. It's fairly cheap, and it's not, yeah. like, it's hard to get, especially in Ohio, where everything's, you know... If there's something good that's allotted to your liquor store, mm-hmm. it's probably gone. Like, this is something that'll stay on the shelves for no. a couple of weeks. It is... Yeah, uh, it's the best. It's the best whiskey I've had. Like the smoothest. It, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I'm sorry that I don't have the specific no, it's good. name it's a for good it. Choice. It's fine. It's a Four Roses selection, though. Yeah, Kentucky's favorite. Just I'm still on... sad I've never had Pappies.
0: All right, now we'll get to that. Justin's on Twitter at New England L. Justin, what is your <laughs> white whale in terms of liquor, beer? You got the? Have you gotten Heady Topper out there? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, a, like, I'm not a big uh, IPA guy either, so
1: yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't like hoppy IPAs, especially that sort of hazy New England style. Mm. I like my IBUs low. Um, you know what? In the end, I don't give a shit. I'm drinking to get my get my soul to a certain place, so <laughs> whatever gets me there is good. Right now it's tequila, so we'll take Hell it. Hell
2: yeah. Around here you can get like pappies for... Like thirty-two or maybe fifty bucks a pour. Probably worth it. uh, Your first try. Your first try, you can mm. spend about that much and and feel okay with it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't give a shit. I don't want a shot of it. I want a fucking bottle to bring home.
2: I'm on Twitter. Okay, well, you better go into your wallet. (laughs)
1: Well, that's it. I. Well, I will do that. I will do that. I can't even get on that. So, if either of you guys find it, front me. I'll cover it. I'm not worried about it.
0: I'm on Twitter Uh at Jeff Pedernostro, and we'll see you next week.